Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Talented Humans podcast. I'm your host, Jay Flores. I'm super excited to introduce you guys to our, our guest of today. She is a person who I adore. I don't love this person. I don't like this person. I adore this human. She is unbelievable. She has had, added so much value into my life. Um, her name is Lila Smith. She is the creator of the Say Things Better method of intentional communication. And as it says, it's Say Things Better. She has has taught me how to say things better, not only to the people that I talk to, but to myself. And it's the reason why I wanted to have her on the show, because I want her to share her experience with learning how to talk to ourselves and how to say things better to ourselves to, to, for us to grow and, and, and evolve as we find our purpose and develop our talents. So without further ado, here's my very, very good friend, Lila Smith. Welcome to the show, Lila. Thank you so much for having me, Jay. I adore you right back, 100%. Um, I've adored you since the first day that I met you. You just have this supportive, warm, welcoming energy. You know, coming to an event which was uh, LinkedIn Local in New York City when I was hosting it with Rachel West Palumbo, and you showed up at this event just so warm and connective and ready to make other people feel at home. So if I talk about like what I experience as your personal brand, it's just you make everybody feel so valued and so seen and so important. When you reached out to me now about being on this podcast, I didn't know what element you would want to discuss about say things better. So knowing that it was about our conversations around treating yourself as your primary communication partner first. I was so moved that you remembered those conversations, that you took them to heart and wanted to share those with other people because they were valuable to me too. So yeah. I'm really excited to, to talk to you about that stuff. We've been both in, a, in, in journeys in the past year that has, you know, yeah. I would consider life-changing. I consider the journey yes. um, life-changing. And I want to give context because I love to keep things transparent. Um, Lila and I are going to kind of like, talk through a few things in here. Um, we were recording before, but the recording stopped and we don't know where it stopped. So um, <laughs> we decided to start over. I, but I do want to say, because um, I feel like a little bit more comfortable and at ease, I was a little bit nervous at the beginning of the conversation, but our journey has, you know, has taken us both in, in you know, completely different directions, but similar paths. And yeah. we're both doing what we wanted to do. Um, you wanted to be with your community. You wanted to, to, to talk to people, share your message, teach people about saying things better. You wanted to, you know, use your talents and your knowledge from being an actress to, to communicate with people just like when you're on stage. And yeah. And for me, it was like my dream of traveling the world, seeing every country, country on earth and, and just taking that leap of faith that we needed to take and say, okay, well, here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to, you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm very unplanned and very, you know, to the point where like I needed to talk to myself like 
and not convince myself, but kind of say, it's okay to not have a plan. It's okay to not have everything figured out before you take this step and make this move. Um, and for, oh, well, sure. Yeah. Maybe it was okay for you. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it kind of felt yeah. like you were in the same boat, but, you know, recently found out that it wasn't. But, um, but yeah, for me, it was like, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, like, I knew it in my heart that mm -hmm. regardless of whatever struggle I would face through the process, it was because it was part of the experience and, and life for me. And I couldn't do this. I don't think I could do what I'm doing right now if everything was figured out. Interesting. So you're exploring. Yeah. You know, I hear, I hear patterns, right? Like, so that's my communication strength is I hear patterns and connect the dots. So I hear you talking about wanting to travel the world, wanting to collect different countries. I hear in, I hear input as a strength, the collection of experiences and stories, which is also why you're podcasting. I hear uh, just a desire to accumulate experiences and to feel your way through those things and to have a certain level of bravery. And it, it does take a lot of bravery to move from where you are into another place, but that bravery point looks different for each of us. So for me, taking action was not the brave step because once I, I wouldn't have taken action if I didn't have a strategy. I have strategic in my top five strengths and I know I'm speaking in UMAP language here, which yeah. is a certification I got in, in March. But that, that's, you know, it's helpful to have that language to call out what's actually happening for us as we're making our own decisions, as we're talking to ourselves about what's next. So I wouldn't have taken action without having a strategy. So for me, the, the bravery started earlier. It started in just acknowledging I really wasn't happy where I was. I really wasn't feeling fulfilled, even though it looks like I should. Everything looked like I, I had all the things that I thought I wanted, uh, or at least I was on my way there. But I was kind of stuck, and I wasn't sure why. And I, wasn't, I just wasn't using all of the parts of myself that I liked using, that felt interesting and engaging to me. I was good at what I was doing, and other people were happy with what I was doing. And so it looked like I should be happy, but I wasn't. And I was a lot happier when I was visiting Dallas just to do speaking engagements, I had met all these friends there, people who were ready to go to bat for me and be my clients and champion me and introduce me to other people and embrace me and embrace big ideas like the, the Say Things Better method. This is something that I want to use to save the world. It's a big thing to say, but this is how I feel that I contribute to the world that we live in. And when I talked to people in New York about it, often the first response would be, okay, that's sweet, but what do you want to do for money? And people in Dallas, you know, are, are more, they're not trying to just survive. They're trying to go big. You know, they say that everything's bigger in Texas and I needed that. I needed the big thinking. I needed to step outside of the survivalist mindset and talk to myself about where I could thrive because I wasn't having to worry about money all the time and what people I needed around me. That's going to look different for everybody. So where you might have taken your bravery at the step of, okay, I, I have a plan. I just need to now do it. 
Yeah. I didn't feel I needed, I, I actually had thought I'll move to Dallas in September or at least I'll go and I'll look at like, you know, where I could live or what, what other kinds of jobs I might be able to have. I was still in that mindset. Like I'll do this on the side, you know, but I was full time and I just didn't expect that it would grow as fast as it did. But I had the intention of coming in September after I'd done a lot of traveling in August. And this one night in July, I just felt like I was moving backwards instead of forward. And I felt unsafe there. I felt unsafe feeling stuck for even a minute longer. So I moved towards safety, which for me was here. I remember you, you, you said, and that's why I think that's kind of why I felt that, that it was like rash and, and it was sudden like to move in July instead of in September. And then, uh, but in, in this, in that, in that perspective, it's, it's, I think it was, it was so perfect that, that you recognize that moment and that you recognize mm-hmm. that, that feeling like within you, because yeah. for me, it was the same. Yeah. like, I, like I knew it in my heart that this was the right decision, like living in New York and, and traveling the world and not having a plan because I am the kind of person that I work best under pressure. Mm-hmm. I've always, uh, and it's funny because on, on, on the first episode of the podcast, I talked to, to my friend Calvin about uh, procrastination. Mm-hmm. And there's two different sets of, and, and two different things, uh, different ways of procrastinating. One is effective procrastination and one is ineffective procrastination. If you procrastinate by saying, you know what, I'll wait until the last minute to get that done. Or when you say, I'm going to marinate and, and process this over and then, you know, maybe wait a little bit longer to get it all together. And then when, you know, the deadline is there, you put the, the, the processes together and then you, you put the strategy or you create what you're creating right in there. It allows you to, to work with your ideas that are fresh without second guessing yourself. And I can see that. Mm-hmm. And that for me, it's always been, you know, that pressure, I always work better that way. And yeah. And then in this, but that still includes a deadline, right? Like, yeah. did you give yourself a deadline to start traveling? Yeah, I did. I bought a ticket without yeah. having, I, I knew when I was. Oh, you had a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> See, a ticket is a really strong, um, a really strong accountability partner but for yourself too. because you've paid for it. <laughs> so that, that really helps. 24 to come to Cape Town. And then, actually, for October twenty, uh, yeah, for October twenty fourth to come to Cape Town, and then go to to Germany after. And I ended up leaving on September eighth to Germany, and then going to Cape Town. And then I had to switch my flight from New York to to Cape Town to, to for it to be from Frankfurt to Cape Town. So it's like you know, make so confusing. Yeah. And, and like doing all this stuff to make sure that I could, you know, leave early from New York. But you know, like, like you, I, I just, yeah. I just, was you were like, it's time. I just can't wait anymore. Yeah, yeah. I remember Tommy said, why don't you come to New York? Tommy Reck, uh, he said to me, why yeah. don't you come to Germany first? And when we can all meet with our friend Ricky in Brussels before you go to Cape Town. And I was like, Let's do it. And yeah. Let's just get it started right early. I don't care. And I, I remember. So you had accountability there because I have to call that out for you. You've, you had a ticket, which was accountability step one. 
yeah. you know, you had a deadline um, there because there is another kind of procrastination when you don't have a deadline and it's just something that you feel in your heart, but you don't set yourself a point that you've invested in. So your ticket was your first accountability partner for yourself. You had put money into that. You knew you were going. And then when you made plans with other people to see them, then you had new accountability partners because they were expecting you to show up. But your first communication partner to yourself without that deadline, without that investment, without those other people expecting things from you was just for yourself to say, I'm committing to going at some point. And it's hard. It's hard to, to make that move if you don't have some kind of accountability, if you don't have something outside of yourself, unless you really have acknowledged maybe you're a person who needs to analyze every step of the way before you can go. But then you need to take action on that. Yeah. You need to take action on analyzing the steps. If that's what you need, then you start. You yeah. start with step one and you move from there until you have checked off all the boxes on your list. You feel confident in your plan and you move forward. And what happens usually is you'll get to like step three out of 25. And what you'll learn about yourself is that you can make the plan that you have the ability to formulate those thoughts and think things through. And it gives you more confidence in your own ability to navigate towards things. So even just taking step one, that, that step one of trying to make the plan keeps you accountable to yourself and what you want first before you put the money in, before you make plans with friends. It's important to just have that first brave step of saying, I'm going to at least get myself started in whatever way that is for you. And it's different for all of us. Yep. So you got to start somewhere. I love the, I kind of love that, that we had to restart the conversation because I actually, um, I, I see more value from this aspect in the, uh, in, in how we can apply concepts like this towards like taking those steps that, that we need. Yeah. It's actionable. You know, mm-hmm. as, as we as we're figuring out what we want to do in life, or or you know, yeah. young entrepreneurs, or or you know, creatives that are trying to to develop their talents. Um, yeah. And um, I wanted to to go back to what we were talking about before we realized that we were on recording. And okay. And it's the the part of like talking to to the young people um, and having that self talk to, you know, for those who feel that. That maybe they're not either, you know, because of the stigma of like age and, you know, like when you're finding your purpose and you don't understand yourself better yet and, 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 mm-hmm. and how to say things better to yourself as a young person that, that wants to develop their talent. And, you know, the kid that's an art, that, you know, that's in, in, in the arts, that's a musician, that's, a, you know, an actor uh, that wants to, you know, pursue a career in, in the arts or that wants to develop a talent. Uh, or the kid that wants to build apps and build technology and and use the tech, the, the that crazy knowledge that the children have these days on technology that you know we we wish we could like I'm really technologically savvy like yeah but seriously like kids are 16 17 20 they, they, I mean leaps and bounds um um more sad. You think they talk themselves out of doing things? You think they talk themselves out of giving it a shot? Like well, they have exactly. something to say, something to offer, but they say, 
well, no one's going to take me seriously because well, there's, I'm... There's, there's still a lot of people out there that say to, to young kids, and, and I've had a conversation with Max, Max Mirho. Um, yeah, I know Max. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, yes. I love his hashtag, and I love him. Yeah, he's one of my favorite humans in the world. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, we talk way too often, actually. Can <laughs> <laughs> um, you tell him I say hi and give him a nogi? I, I will do that. Um, I'm actually trying to get him to come to Germany uh, some, uh, later on this year, so we can hang out. Great. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of like we we discuss this, you know, because there's still a lot of people out there that will tell a kid, "Well, if you're good at that, do something with it." Mm -hmm. Right? And the kid goes out and does something, especially when it comes to like entrepreneurship or technology or, or you know, business stuff, and mm -hmm. then they, you know. They come up with an idea and it's like, yeah, but no one's going to take you seriously. You're, you're just a kid. The other people, right. So, okay. okay. That so first of all, like, well, you don't have to talk to those people. Exactly. But <laughs> you, you can know, choose like, for yourself, like, who's valuable the, and who's not. This could be the person that tells you to do something and then at the same time is telling you, yeah, but, you know, who's going to take you seriously? You know, so like, though, that could be a turn off, like a turn on and turn off mm -hmm. and, and someone that's still very impressionable. Yeah. Because yeah. young age. So those people... Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't know like who to listen to yet, or something sounds good and then it sounds bad, and it it is hard when you're young and you don't know who to listen to yet. So that's when it's the most important to listen to yourself first, to treat yourself as your primary communication partner, and ask yourself how you feel. Do you like it? Are you interested in it? Are you passionate about it? Are you excited about it? Have you explored yourself enough to know is entrepreneurship something you're cut out for? Is performing in the arts something you're cut out for? Not just performing, but the business of it. Have you done your research? One of the things that young people can do right now is get a much sharper sense of themselves earlier than other people because we have a lot of assessments we can use. You can go get a UMAP. You can work with a UMAP coach like Lori Knudsen, who specializes in working with young people who want to understand themselves before they make big decisions. And if you just look up the hashtag UMAP, Y-O-U-M-A-P, you'll see all kinds of people talking about what they've learned from those insights for themselves. I got certified as a UMAP coach myself in March because I'm already good at helping people talk about themselves once they know themselves. But before that happens, having a tool to learn what you bring to the world and learn what the world is going to experience of you is so valuable. So then it's not just you and yourself, you have some objective information. If you want to guide that conversation with a parent or a guardian or someone else who you need support from in your world, you then have something else that you can point to and say, look, it's right there on my UMAP. I can make money doing this and I'll be happy about it. It will feel good to me. It's really, really important that it just feel good to you. So that's the first question you want to ask yourself before you give anybody else the power to influence anything in your life, whether they give you positive or negative feedback, you want to ask yourself what you think you need. And then you can listen, you can mine for diamonds and throw away the coal or use it for fuel. You know, not everything is going to sound bright and shiny. But if it's something that you can use, if it's constructive, then you might want to consider it. And if it's not constructive, you don't need to pay attention to it. You can just throw it out. And you want to look for the people in the world who are your communication partner, who are going to see the things in your toolbox, like the fact that you're young, as an advantage rather than as a stigma. 
looking at the things that you bring to the table, like that I have theater experience as a benefit to my messaging clients, rather than something that makes them not take me seriously. If I have to apologize for something about myself that I like in order for someone else to take me seriously, that person is not my communication partner and I need to run away as fast as I can. If you find yourself apologizing for things you like about yourself, it's a pretty good indication that you're not in the right place. So move on, move to a different person. And remember the things that you feel very happy about are the things that are the most powerful parts of you. Yeah. Anything someone else calls a stigma is really your superpower. That's, wow, that's, so thank you uh, for that message because um, I, it, it's something that I value a lot. Um, it, it's, it's crazy how, how surrounded I am by, by young, talented people and, and, and I feel like this moral responsibility to like, yeah. To create something like this where where a message can be be shared because I know a thing or two about you know following my my purpose, my heart, like making decisions. Yes, you do. And uh I I understand happiness as well because like for a long time I did things that I thought made me happy and I think like it's also important to learn to differentiate um, happiness and complacent and, you know, being complacent with where you are mm -hmm. and what you're doing. Settling. Settling yeah. for, um, for a feeling of, well, you know, it's a good job and it's, you know, yeah. I mean, do I hate Wednesdays? Yeah, I do. But, you know, <laughs> I pay the bills and, you know, I'm okay. I'm happy. You know, it's like if you got to – say it's okay i'm happy i honestly 100 percent of the time don't think you're happy no yeah. i think that there's an 80 20 you know like people talk about that proportion right where if you're 80 percent of the time doing something that makes you feel fulfilled and happy then you're on the right track yeah and so often we will we'll look at what other people experience of our work or our life and we'll think that they must be right and not give ourselves credit for what we know to be true of ourselves. So I used to be in theater, you know, about 50% of the time and running an e-commerce department the other 50% of the time. And for me, I thought I have 50% here and 50% there and you add them together and I'm 100% happy, right? <laughs> like, no, it's not true because I was only half fulfilled 100% of the time. That percentage is 50. It's not 80. And it's definitely not 100. So when I was thinking, gosh, you know, I used to look forward to going to rehearsal. Now I don't. I had to had to stop for a second and ask myself some really hard questions, especially because I had already, you know, fought so hard to get where I was in my career. And I was finally getting to a certain level of success. People in my life, valued about me that I was a creative person who had been brave and made it happen for myself and had had just done something that they wished that they could do. And so I felt I owed it to them and I kept going longer than I should, knowing that I wasn't happy and and knowing that I needed more influence, more direct influence than I had when I was feeling very creative and active telling a story 
but in a way that I didn't feel was influential and enough for me to get immediate satisfaction, seeing that someone would take action. When you're in a play, you're telling a story that everybody's on the same page about, that putting out into the world is important to the cast and crew in some way, that the director guides. And that felt good, and it was enough for a while. But without seeing what happened when the audience left the theater and just taking it on faith, the enterprising side of my personality, which is artistic plus enterprising, those two parts of me are equal and they're really almost e exactly equal just a little bit more on the creative side but i need the enterprising i need the action that follows if i could have followed an audience member home after seeing two rooms a show that i was in at the seeing place theater company in new york and watched their thought process and seen the conversations that they had afterwards and followed them through the next three years of life to see what impact it had on them, maybe I would have been more fulfilled. But you can't do that. That's not practical. It's not how it works. I needed something like what I'm doing now. You know, uh, um, yeah, no, that's so true because I, I feel like for a long time in my life, I, I, felt, I felt that same, you know, 50-50. Um, mm -hmm. and, and even in the last- Yeah, you've got the same thing. Um, that I just, I was happy because I was doing the photography thing, but I just knew that I needed more. And, and I, I, it helped me realize that while photography is my passion, content is what I do best, like strategizing content, mm -hmm. visualizing what a piece of video or, or a photo or, or written, a written piece can do to elevate someone's brand or, or, or product mm -hmm. or, or. It's communication. Yeah. What you do is communication and the format of presenting a photograph or creating content. Those are both ways of expressing um, a skill, which is called portraying images. If you look at my UMAP, you'll see portraying images is one of my um, preferred skills. So, when I go into Instagram and I go into Instagram stories, I love creating those things. It makes me feel happy. It's fun for me. I like filling things with color that I feel is, is fun or draws the eye to something. And I use my strategic talent to move the eye towards the parts of my communication that I want people to pay attention to. So I think you and I have that in common. Yeah. Your reason for doing photography must be communication. Yeah, because if you are only portraying images and doing it just on its own, it's a skill. But if you attach that to one of your strengths, one of your talents, like communication, then it feels right. Then it sits in you and it and it connects to your heart. Yeah, I, I've always I remember when I first started, like, you know, actively putting my work out there on, on Instagram and on my website. And, mm -hmm. and the common theme that I heard from people. Um, when it came to commenting on my work, it's like, I love the stories that you tell. And you have communication. And like, I, I kind of became fascinated by, by the, um, by the storytelling concept. And I remember I had a, a really cool conversation with, uh, with Quentin Allums and, and oh, I love, I love Q. And, and, uh, 
you know, we, 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 we spoke about, about why storytelling is so important and, and why, you know, you don't have to create the most elaborate story to tell the, you know, any right. message. You can create the simplest story and, and say the things that, that it needs to be said to drive a message. And I think that's, that's what I kind of do best. And, and, and it's the reason why I kind of wanted to make this podcast. And it's the reason why I wanted to talk to you because like, I feel this freedom to immediately kind of start saying things that, that I know are buried within me, but sometimes I don't get the opportunity to, to speak on. And, and sometimes when, when you kind of like, like I'm a very emotional person. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know you and I can cry together. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, over I, anything commercials I, during the Super Bowl. I mean, I'll be a dead person by the end of it if I watch all of those Budweiser horse things, you know, anything with animals, old people, babies, cheese, like <laughs> anything. My my switch is pretty easy to flip. I know yours is too. Um, yeah. And because then, we're connected to the story, because we're there. We're um, empathizing in the moment through a character, through I a story. Spoke, I spoke uh, recently as well in one of the episodes um, with uh, with a friend about about that importance of human connection and like understanding our, our emotions and being able to express them. Um, yeah. He's authoring a book in New York right now. It's called uh, Unlonely Planet. And Unlonely. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's all about creating community and finding your, your, your space within your friends and your people, like fo- putting more focus on friendship rather than on romantic relationships. Because, you know, we need to have, you know, life, even though we're more connected online and, and worldwide, is getting lonelier. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we're connected to a romantic partner, our expectations of them change, too. So I love the, the fact that we're moving into a world of seeing the value in friendships again. We had gotten so disconnected that we then ended up putting a lot of pressure on our romantic partner to fill in our own gaps Mm -hmm. instead of addressing them for ourselves. And friends, friends will support you, but they don't really do that for you. They don't fill in your gaps because you can't expect them to because they're not your romantic partner. So when those expectations aren't there of someone else, they have to be of yourself. So that's also where we have invested more in personal growth and development and taking more responsibility, being intentional about what we say to ourselves, what we do to invest in ourselves and who we surround ourselves by. Yeah. You know, Anna McAfee, the founder of LinkedIn local. Yeah. She's the original. She's actually going to be in the say things better mastermind coming up in September, which you should join too. And she she changed the game on LinkedIn starting single-handedly. And then as she worked with Eric Eklund and Alexander Galvez and uh, Manish Swish Goswami, and they, they started this movement that took over the whole world because we had gotten so far away from personal connection that we would be in a room full of people and feel alone. Somebody hands you a business card. It's really different than when they hand you a smile. Mm-hmm. Somebody tells you what they do and what kind of value they can add to your business. 
you miss what kind of value they can add to your life. And when Anna said on LinkedIn one day, hey, I'm going to have lunch over here at this place or coffee. Anybody who wants to join, come. It'll be a LinkedIn local. She started that and people came and they had a meaningful conversation, not because they were trying to accomplish anything for their businesses, but because they wanted to network with people who are around them, who they could reach out and touch and shake the hand of and be connected to. And the movement caught on as fast as it did because we crave community. We crave having people around us that make us feel like ourselves, like we have a place here rather than just one romantic partner who we feel at home with, being comfortable being ourselves, to have a lot of people who are actually around us in our areas that we can go and spend time with and feel, feel at home and make them feel that they have a place that's safe with us too. And from there, look at how much innovation has happened. Look at what's happened just for the founders of LinkedIn Local or for the hosts who've started you know, hosting these events all over the place. And we've all grown so much because we had people breathing life into us, not because we had people passing our business cards along. Exactly. Um, let's um, take a little bit of a detour here and talk a little bit about mental okay. health. And, okay. and uh, you and I have unintentionally spoken about this uh, before in, in conversation because we've always put into context, you know, how do we, you know, how do we see we say things better and, um, and how do we do things that makes us happy and, and, uh, you know, you know, fulfill our, our existence in a way. And, and I kind of want to, to, to drive a point here and, and saying there are, there are moments in our lives that, that the conversations that we have with ourselves and, and there are moments in our lives when the, the circumstances of the moments that we're living have an effect on us. And as a person who, who puts so much emphasis on expressing emotion and saying things better and also being happy, how do you see the value in, in having these conversations affect the long-term status of our mental health, of our well-being mentally? Because we put in a lot of emphasis uh, today on social media and on, you know, basically on media in general about taking care of our body physically. Sure. You know, work out, you know, healthy, do all this stuff. But we don't talk about this, our brain, our, our mental, yeah. uh, as much as we should. Ourselves, yeah. Yeah, because like, what good is to be, you know, ripped with a six pack and eat healthy and all that stuff if our brain is not working, if we're losing it because right. stress is killing us. If, if, because we don't what if that's not going to make us happy? You yeah. know, I'm, I'm a lot happier eating an extra portion of lasagna than I would be <laughs> four <laughs> sizes smaller than I am. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know that that's not the healthiest statement to make. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be physically healthy or drive towards that, but knowing yourself and what does make you happy, it helps us make better decisions rather than stressing ourselves out or driving ourselves into a depressive state because we have 
expectations of ourselves that we should be someone who we're not, that we should like things that we don't, that we should excel in things that we don't actually care about. These are the things that push us farther and farther away from ourselves. How can we be mentally healthy if we don't know mentally where we are or where we should be? It's not, it doesn't make sense. So when I say that we should communicate intentionally, starting with ourselves as our own communication partner, I really mean that we should know ourselves and we should listen to the thoughts that we have, give them respect as though they were the most important voice in the room because they absolutely are. If I'm talking down to myself, then that's the truth I understand. And this happens to me too, because I, I get, you know, um, imposter syndrome where I will feel like if I'm talking down to myself and I'm saying, well, who are you to tell people how to communicate? You know, you're not even like the most famous actress or you, you know, didn't get a PhD in psychology. Why are you talking about different personality types? You know, I'll, I'll do that to myself. And if those are the voices that I believe, then when I do create a piece of content that other people resonate with, that 1600 people will like, and I'll get hundreds of messages saying, this really connected to me. I kind of don't believe it. I'm not able to receive the impact that I create and, and understand what that does to the world. So I just go further down into this spiral, no matter what. And in, in fact, the more people say things like, you're amazing, this is so smart, this is new, this is interesting. If in my head, I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's not that great. And putting it down, then that to me is the truth and anything else isn't. And when you have a difference, a disparity between the truth in your head and the truth of what other people are saying, it breaks trust. And that's where you get lonely and isolated and depressed. So it really does have a ripple effect out into your entire life. When you allow those thoughts, those negative thoughts, and that negative self-talk to fester, and you give it credence, and you give it the right to control you, you you're, as Shar Auckland would say, you're making decisions with your amygdala instead of your prefrontal cortex. And I, I don't even know, like, that's not how I think, you know, in, in terms of brain technology. But I know people who do, and those people speaking the way that they like to speak still resonates with me. It doesn't have to be how I think through things. So the reverse is true too. By my talking in theater terms, it doesn't discredit me with people who think about brain stuff. It just helps them understand how I think, how I feel. And then they can get into a real, honest, valuable conversation with me. But it has to start with myself first. It has to start with the things that I think are weird, the things that I try to quiet. These actually give me additional credibility with someone. So giving myself the power and the responsibility and the privilege to say what I have to say based on my theater training about intentional communication is valuable to someone. That's enough. That's enough to get me started and to keep my thoughts healthy. That's, uh, I think that's, I think that's where I wanted to like end it. That, that was so powerful right there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I need um, a mic to drop. <laughs> yeah, that was just like, boom, uh, save things better. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you for letting me talk about this and about talking to ourselves because we are the most important person in our lives. 
we are before anybody else the first person who develops and this is the message we, that i want our cells form yeah this is the message that i wanted to 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 share with people because i there's a lot of you know older people that are going to be listening to the podcast there's a lot of mm-hmm. younger people that are going to be listening to the podcast and it's important to know that that we are the most important person in our lives and yeah that, you know like the communities that we build are built in like us being ourselves and i yeah i i got to say thank you so much i mean for those of you guys who don't know who Lila Smith is um L-I-L-A Smith on LinkedIn. Um, don't just send her a request, send her a message, connect with her, uh, because she is uh, one of the most important human beings out there right now, I think, because if you need anything, and if you are part of her network and her community, not only will she know who you are and, and do her best to get to know a little bit of you even if it's just a small conversation to get to know each other, she will, she will remember everything that you would share with her at that moment. And there is a thing that a lot of people know about this beautiful human is that she remembers everyone. She remembers names. Like you have no idea. She, if you ask her about any one of her, I don't know how many thousands of connections on LinkedIn, she probably knows everything about those people. And I do know something about almost everyone. That's yeah. true. Um, you know, Russ, uh, Russ Avery, he brought that up too, that uh, at the first time that I met him, which was in October in London at Entrepreneur Business Live hosted, you know, by Richard Moore, who I call Sir Richard. He, he said, you know, I don't know if you know who I am. And I said, oh, I know who you are. You're Russ Avery. You had the, you know, the tumor that <laughs> you had to like navigate through and, uh, it brought you out on the other side and I like basically told him his whole life story and how we connected and who reached out to whom and when. And he was like, well, how do you remember that? And it, <laughs> and and it said, you know, the same thing that I'll tell you, it's just that I really find people interesting. Yeah. I it, mean, how do you forget something like that? I happen to be surrounded by fascinating people and they are each unforgettable. And look, this is, this is true to like, like just like that moment right there, that story, it's, it's the same with, the thousands of people she knows. Um, connect with Lila. I think out of the people in this podcast, which all of the all of the ones that I that have been in the in, in the in the process um, and and being guests on here and like uh, giving me their time to share a message of importance, I think that of all the the the, the conversations, um, which they all have immense value. The most important thing to take from from this one is the opportunity to connect with such a beautiful human being. And, and if you have you. ever a question about how to communicate with yourself, how to talk to yourself better, or if you need help with anything, I think Lila will be glad to, to, to spend time with you and, and, uh, Absolutely. and connect. And uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time for being here. I know I contacted you recently and I was like, Hey, let's make it happen. And, uh, and you did. And I absolutely love you for that. I, like I said, I adore your, your, your existence. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to reconnect and to. Yeah, me too. 
And I would have, I would have woken up at two in the morning for you instead of two in the afternoon. <laughs> you know, um, the people that I care about, I care about all the way. So you ask anything and the answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Only because I know you'll use that <laughs> wisely and respectfully. Exactly. Um, all right. So <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. 